0: your bibles out with me and um oh that scared me for a moment i looked in here at my chapel message this morning i thought i was about to preach chapel to you because i thought i didn't have my message tonight but i do have it it's right here all right of course the chapel message was a pretty good one too maybe i could do that one again but take your bibles if you would with me and turn to genesis chapter 12 i preached on peer pressure today in chapel i don't know how applicable that would be to most of you adults but uh Genesis chapter 12 is where we'll begin. As soon as you find Genesis chapter 12, if you would, uh, find 1 Kings chapter 17. That's where we're going to be spending most of our time this evening, 1 Kings chapter 17. But we'll begin reading at Genesis chapter 12. And I want to speak to you tonight concerning get ready for a blessing. Get ready for a blessing. And, and I, think, um, I think probably most Christians are running around the country and, and they're waiting for a blessing. And those blessings may never come because there are certain uh, expectations that the Lord have in order for us to to uh, fully understand and receive blessings, and I want to talk about that tonight. Um, certainly I'm not going to preach anything tonight that's new or astounding. I'm just going to remind us of some things that we tend to forget. You know, as, as Christian people, we forget a lot of things, don't we? And sometimes we just have to be, the reset button has to get be punched again, and we've got to be reminded of some things. But let's all stand together, please, as I read from Genesis chapter 12, and I'll read the first three verses, if you'll follow along with me. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing." And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. I pray now, Holy Spirit of God, that you would use this message to speak to our hearts. Teach us tonight. Remind us of those things we need to know. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The Bible is filled with great promises of God promises of blessings unto his children and these promises that God has made in his word are precious to us the children of God the promises and blessings of God are referenced 247 times in scriptures therefore we can assume that this is an important subject to God in the book of second peter chapter 1 we read from the first four verses Simon Peter whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And yes, we we know from God's word that God desires to bless his children, just as we do ours. Those of us who have children, those of you who have children, you, you desire to give good things to your children. You desire to bless them. And each of us here tonight have a desire to receive blessings from God. In fact, we can expect blessings from God, for they are promised by Him. And if we expect to receive these blessings from God, then we must be prepared to receive them. But one may ask, how do we prepare to receive God's blessing? Now, we must remember that the blessings of God are primarily and usually conditional. In other words, if you want them, you must meet God's expectations to receive them. Now, this is not the case with all blessings. For example, eternal life. Eternal life is a benefit. It's a a blessing of salvation. And we all know that salvation is a gift of God. It is not dependent upon us, it is solely dependent upon God. So the blessing of eternal life is, is an unconditional blessing. It's, it's conditional in the fact that we must, we must be saved, but it's not conditional in, in, in the fact that we must do something to, to receive it. Other blessings, however, are, that are unconditional would be holiness, righteousness, sanctification these are blessings bestowed upon us by God without any virtue of ourselves and 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 they are totally unconditional apart from being born again these are all the works of the father the son and the holy spirit in the life of the elect child of God but what about other blessings blessings such as health provisions success longevity and and such as that these are conditional blessings in other words You get this if you do this. And and that's the way it works. Um, Allow me to illustrate this by looking at an example from Scripture. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 17, please. 1 Kings chapter 17, and let's read read just a, a few verses to get into our message tonight. Beginning at verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Elijah was under the inspiration of God, and he has just announced a drought to befall the land. Now, a drought means that there will be no water. And, of course, without water, there's no food. So that means that in a, in a matter of time, all the food would would disappear the water would be gone life would become very difficult it meant in fact that many would die yet Elijah was confident for his own well-being because he had the promise of God but we must remember that these promises for to Elijah in chapter 17 were not without expectations from God God We'll, we will see tonight that God did take care of Elijah. He did bless Elijah. He did give Elijah all those things. But there were, there were expectations and there were reasons. So let's look at this tonight. Number one, I want us to notice that there is a place for the blessing. There is a place for the blessing. You, your Bible should be open to 1 Kings chapter 17. Look at verse number 2 with me, please. And the word of the Lord came unto him. Now him here is Elijah. Came unto him saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. You see that last word? There. I want you to circle that word there in your Bibles. There is a place blessing now it is very important to notice that god told elijah exactly specifically where to go he did not say okay elijah find yourself a comfortable place a pleasant place for you and then i will send the ravens wherever you go to feed you that's not what he said no no he told him to go to a certain place and he would be taken care of there. Now let me apply this to Christians today. If we expect God to bless us, we must be in the right place. We cannot tell God, "I am going to a certain place, uh, and 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 you're going to have to just take care of me there." We can't do that. We can't say, "Lord." Uh, I want to go to, I want to live here and I'm going to go there. And now, Lord, you've got to take care of me. You're obligated to take care of me. Uh, We cannot tell God that. We can't hold him to the promise to bless us when we're not in the place he told us to be. Uh, Remember something here. God is not obligated to us. He does not owe us anything. Now, there are certain things that God will give us by virtue of our position being born again in psalms 37 and verse 25 david writes i have been young and now am old yet i have i not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread and there are some things god will give us just by virtue of the fact that we're his children that we're born again he will provide our basic needs In Matthew chapter six, he he tells us, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. The real question here is, do you want the least that God will give you or do you want the best that God can give you? When we're talking about blessings, that's the real question. Do you want the least or do you want the best? Now, consider for a moment our relationship within our own with our children with our own families we feed and we house our children don't we all of them every one of them because why they are our children i I provide room and board for my children because they're my children i I feed them i take care of them Um, however when our children earn extra blessings we give them extra blessings don't we uh, I learned as a young child, if I wanted to get things from Dad, all I had to do was do things. And if I did things, I got things. And and that was a quick lesson I learned. And 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 so we, we understand this concept. God will basically meet our needs. He will take care of us. He will make sure we have everything we must have. But the real question is do you want the least or do you want the best? Um, there is a place for blessings. And if we desire the best God has for us, then we must get in the right place. Now, let me, let me share a couple of thoughts with you that are not the right place. Uh, the right place is not in fellowship with the world. That is not the right place. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul tells us in verses 17 and 18, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Listen, the right place is not in fellowship with the world. Far too many Christians today are, are just enraptured by the world. Material things. And, and, you know, I honestly believe that we should dress as nice as we can, live in as nice a home as we can, drive as, as nice an automobile as we can drive. I believe all those things, but I don't believe those things are important if they cost us uh, our place with God if, if if they keep us out of church if they if they cause us to to rob from God if they if they put us in a place where we're where we're being drawn into fellowship with the world that is not the place of blessing if we're there God says sorry I won't bless you there now you're going to get food to eat you're going to get a place to live and you're going to get clothes because that's that's God's basic provision but God says no no you're not going to get all the extras I'm sorry you don't get all the frills and the bells and whistles when you're not in the right place Fellowship with the world, is not the right place. Whereas, what's another area that's not the right place? Uh, not in selfishness. Selfishness is not the right place. In Galatians six ten, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now listen, the place for the believer, the place of blessing for the believer is found in doing the will of God. And, and John, t- it tells us in John chapter 13, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Uh, Jesus came, why? Jesus is a servant. He, he, he was a servant unto man. And, and we're not greater than the Lord. We're, we're, we're to serve each other. Not in selfishness. Listen. Uh, God, the place for, for God's blessing is not in being a selfish Christian, not not in, not in thinking of yourself first and in satisfying yourself above above other things. It's it's by it's by living our life uh, re- receptive and, and to others and doing good things and helping people, being a blessing to people. That's that's the place, not in fellowship with the world, not in selfishness. But let me give you a couple of places that are the places of blessing. First of all, we're to live for God from the heart. From the heart, Ephesians 6, 6, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Oh, you know, when we serve the Lord from the heart, that's the place of blessing. When we have a heart that's tender to God, when we have a heart for people, when we have a heart to be a witness in the community, when we have a heart to be a blessing to God's people in church, when we have a heart to, to not be a part of the problem, but a part of the solution, that's the place of blessing. That's where God says, ah, there you go. Now you're going to get fed. Now I'm going to send the ravens, and you're going to get what you need now. You're going to get more than what you need. You're going to get what you want now. That's the place of blessing from the heart. Where else? In humility. The place of blessing is, is by doing the will of God in humility. Acts 20, 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. And with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Oh, listen, we, we must be humble before the Lord, serving God in humility, understanding and realizing it's a privilege to serve the Lord. It's a privilege to be in church. Amen for all of you who are in church tonight. It's a, you know what? It's a privilege to be here. And by the way, there are many Christians who want blessings that aren't getting them. And when we preach a message on getting ready for the blessings, they're not here to hear it. And is it any wonder why so many Christians are suffering today needlessly? Because they're not in the place of blessing. They're not what God says, get over here and I'll bless you. Stay over here and I'm not going to bless you. Oh, there's a place for blessings. And we must be in the right place. We can't, we can't assume as as so many of the few good uh, Christians in America that we can do our thing and God has to bless us because he promised. Well, he did promise to bless us, but he promised to bless us if we're in the right place. Elijah could have went a half a mile down the brook Cherith from where the Lord told him to be. What would have happened to Elijah? Elijah. He'd have starved. When the ravens got where he was supposed to be, the ravens would have waited around about 20 minutes and said, well, Elijah's not here. Let's eat. And they would have been blessed. Elijah had to go where God told him to go. And when he went there, God blessed him. But I want us to see something else. Not only is there a place for blessings, but secondly, there is a price for the blessing. There's a price for the blessing. Now, it is no doubt in my mind that God didn't have to move Elijah to keep taking care of him. God could have sent food and uh, to those ravens he could have kept that brook running all the time he needed it to run God did not have to have Elijah move for that blessing but he did have him go somewhere else didn't he let's look at first uh, king 17 look at verse 8 look at verse 8 with me and the word of the Lord came unto him saying arise get thee to Zarephath which belongeth to Zidon and dwell there behold I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, I want to stop there for a minute because this widow woman had no idea yet that God had commanded her to sustain Elijah. Okay, look at verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruse. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. That's pretty sad, isn't it? She had just enough bread left, just enough flour to make one more little bread. And then they were going to eat that and they were going to have no more food, no more water. And they were just going to sit and wait to die. And Elijah said unto her, fear not. Go and do as, as, as thou hast said, but make, for, uh, make me therefore a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after make for thee and thy son. Well, that, that sounds kind of selfish, doesn't it? Elijah says, okay, that's a good deal, but go make me one first. Then you can make one for you and your son. Verse 14, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the cruse of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Now, here we see a double blessing. As I said earlier, God didn't have to move Elijah. He could have taken care of Elijah right where he was. But here's the thing. You see, there was a little widow woman in Zarephath who loved God and who was in the right place. And God said, Elijah, I'm going to bless her too. So you get your, your tail up and you get over there. And you live in her house. And, and if you go there, Elijah, I'm going to bless you. But not only am I going to bless you, I'm going to bless her at the same time. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? In this instance, we see that this blessing is shared by both Elijah and and the widow there will be times in our life when god will offer us the opportunity to receive a blessing for ourselves while we are being a blessing to someone else do you hear what i said there are times when god will give will offer you a blessing and at the same time he will bless another person however the opportunity to receive that blessing may cost us. It, listen, there was a price for that widow, wasn't there? The price was she had to give up what she had first. See, God said, now you give me, you give me this. You give this to my man, this man over here who's doing my work. You give this to my work, and I'll give you everything you want. Oh, isn't that beautiful? There's a double blessing here. The widow, in order to be a blessing to Elijah, had to give everything she had and needed for the benefit of another person. Some of you might remember the kind of cars I used to drive. Those of you who are new to church, I didn't always drive a nice automobile like I drive now. I used to pay $500 for an automobile, and I drove that baby as long as it would run. I had some horrible automobiles. I had automobiles that literally had no business being on the highway. And I preached a message one time about not denying someone um, to be a blessing when, when, when there's a need in the church and, our, and your brother knows about it and he comes to you to offer to help you. Don't deny him the right to help you. That may be God sending you help, and God wants to bless that person as well. Well, I preached that one day, and as I preached that, my car was in the back parking lot dead, wouldn't run, and... We had a church member a while back, Brother Dave Law. Many of you remember Dave Law. He came to me after church, and he said, I'm going to have your car towed to my shop, and I'm going to fix it. I said, Brother Dave, I can't afford to pay. He said, I don't want you to pay me. I said, well, I can't let you do that. He said, didn't you just preach that you're not supposed to deny someone a blessing? I said, yes. And he did. He had my car towed to his shop, and he fixed it for me, repaired it. What a blessing to me. But you know what? I guarantee you God blessed him ten times where where he blessed me. You see, the act by this widow defied all logic. In fact, some might say she was being irresponsible with regards to care for her son. However, the truth of the matter is, the only hope she had to care for her son was to put her trust in God and in his word. She had no hope. Her and her son were about to die. They were going to die. The only hope she had was giving everything she had to God and trusting that God would give it all back to her. Proverbs eleven twenty four, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than his meat, but attendeth to poverty. Again, the principle here is to do. Uh, the principle here is: Do you want to eat t bone steak for dinner, or would you prefer Oscar Mayer wieners? That's the real question. Okay, you want potted meat? How many of you know what potted meat is? Can you know? You buy the canned meat in the stores. Just. God only knows what's in there. Uh, But, you know, that's that's the principle. Do you want T-bone steak or do you want Oscar Mayer Wieners? Yes, there is a price for discipleship. In Matthew chapter 10, we read, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. There is a price for discipleship and there is a price for blessings. How are you living tonight? Are you living by faith, and do you trust that God will provide for you? Or are you living by sight, trusting in what you can see rather than what God has promised? There's a price upon blessings. There's a place for blessings. The price, they do not come without consequence. The blessings do not come without consequences. First of all, uh, you must invest your faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, we read, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Listen, it's easy to say we have faith, but it really counts when we exercise that faith. The widow, it would have been easy for the widow to say she had faith, but she had to invest her faith. See, she, she had to, her faith cost her something, again, everything she had. Elijah said, fear not, trust God, give it to me first. And she did. And what was the result? Her and her son and Elijah ate from that barrel of, of flour and, drank, and, and poured from that cruise of oil for the remainder of the time during, of, 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 the, of the famine, of the drought. Oh man, she invested her faith. But not only do you invest your faith, but you must invest your future in the, in the Lord. That's right, your future. She had to invest the future life of her and her child. They had no more future. It was over. And they had had to invest their entire future in order to receive this blessing from the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, we read, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Moses did not take the short look. He looked ahead to the end of the road. He saw the, that the road passed through suffering, sorrow, and grief. However, he realized that the finish line was worth it all. And Moses invested his entire future into the will of God. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, Paul reminds us, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory uh, which, we, which shall be revealed in us. In Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, we read, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. One of my favorite songs is, It Will Be Worth It All. The words go it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. And this widow invested her 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 faith, she invested her future. She gave everything she had to God. What about us tonight? We want blessings We pray for blessings. Well, are we in the right place? Are we willing to pay the price that God has asked us to pay? But then thirdly, I want us to see that there is a purpose in the blessing. A purpose. Let's look together at 1 Kings chapter 17, and let's begin reading at verse 17 together. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? I mean, here's this woman. She gave everything she had to the Lord, and now her son drops dead. Is that justice? I'm sure she did. We, we see she said, well, why is this happening? I did everything you told me to do. I gave everything to the Lord, and this is the result. And we read now in verse 21, and he stretched himself upon the child uh, three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came into him again and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God. And that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. You see, the blessing produced glory for God. And you know, the purpose and blessing, the purpose of God's blessing is not always, are you listening, to benefit you. God doesn't always bless you for your benefit. See, we wrongly think that God blesses us because we've done something to deserve blessing. Isn't that crazy? We who Paul says there's absolutely no good that dwells in our flesh. What can we possibly do that's that's deserving of anything? The least we can do is obey God. That's, that's the least we can do. Is, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, that's the best we can do, I'm sorry, is obey God. We can do nothing better than obey the Lord. So what have we done to deserve a blessing? We haven't done anything to deserve blessing. We deserve nothing. Remember. Absolutely nothing. As with everything that God does, God does what he does for his own glory. It's to glorify him. And the purpose in blessings is to glorify God. God does not save us so we can go to heaven. (laughs) Oh, I tell you, that's a false doctrine running around this country like crazy. God wants to save you so you can go to heaven. That's not why God wants to save you. God doesn't want to save you so you can go to heaven. God wants to save you so he can demonstrate his mercy and grace and gain glory for himself. That's why God saves us. Who do we think we are? We think we're so important. We think we are so great that God has to bless me. Listen, God doesn't owe me anything. Remember that. When God blesses us, you know why he blesses us? He blesses us to glorify himself. That's why he blesses us. He's not obligated to feed us. He's not obligated to clothe us. He does so because it glorifies him to demonstrate his grace to his own children. Understanding this concept will change the way we pray. It will cause us to come to the place where we truly desire to be a blessing rather than receive a blessing. Let me make a statement. The average Christian prays for what he wants. The blessed Christian prays for what others need. Think of Solomon, King Solomon. God came to him and said, Solomon, I'll give you whatever you want. Just ask. What did Solomon ask for? He asked for wisdom to judge God's people. He asked for the wisdom to be a blessing to everyone else. He asked for the wisdom to do the right thing. And what did God say? I like that. God said, because you didn't ask for wealth, and you didn't ask for long life, but you did ask for wisdom, God said, I'm going to give you the wisdom you asked for, and I'm going to give you the wealth and long life you didn't ask for. You see, we are really blessed when we learn that our purpose is to glorify God in the blessings. Not to better ourselves, not to benefit ourselves, but for God's glory. God has a purpose in blessings. It is to glorify himself. And one of the the ways he does this is to bless his children. He blesses you so that you can be a blessing to me. And he blesses me so that I can be a blessing to you. Each one of us in this church have been blessed with different gifts. Gifts to benefit each other in his local church. Paul tells us in Corinthians, Chapter 12, 1 Corinthians. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh, that one and the self same spirit, dividing to every man severally, as he will. When we understand, when we come to the point to understand that the reason God has given us gifts and the reason that God blesses us is not so that we can be happier, but so that we can be a blessing to each other and praise and glorify his name in all of this. Well, then get ready for blessings. Oh, listen, when you're in the right place, when you're paying the price, and when you understand the purpose and and you fulfill the purpose and the blessings, get ready for a blessing because a blessing is coming and greater blessings than we could ever hope for. The blessings of God, however, will pass by most Christians. And this is because they don't understand what we talked about tonight. Because most Christians think that the blessings are for them. And most Christians think that it's because they've done something to earn them, or something to deserve them. But the truth of the matter is, we haven't done anything to earn them. We don't deserve them. They are all for the glory of God. Are you ready for a blessing tonight? Uh, You know, I had a good time putting this lesson together. I really did. Because I realized that I've I've been doing a lot of things wrong all these years. I've been praying wrong. I've been praying, Lord... If, if I do this, and if I do this, and if I do this, and if I do this, I know you'll do this. And God says, oh, no, 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 you got it all wrong, dummy. He says, go over there, give me everything you got, and give me the glory when I give it to you, and it's all yours. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for our salvation. And Lord, we praise your holy name. And we are so thankful tonight that you love us, we are so undeserving, we deserve nothing, but you've given us more than we can even imagine. Lord, I pray tonight you would instruct our hearts that we would learn this thing of blessing and, and, and realize, Father, that we must be in the right place, we must withhold nothing from you, and we must give all the glory to you and be a blessing to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, we know that then you'll bless us, and, and not for our own benefit, but to help others. So I pray you would bless all of us tonight, and I pray you'd help us to remember these things as we live our life for your glory, and in obedience to to, to your commands, and in accordance with your will. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Okay, we're not gonna.